Welcome to the Pre-Post Film Review. I'm Matt Stevenson. And I'm John Asquith. Um, this episode, we're going to be talking about the new Christopher Nolan film, Interstellar. So the way the podcast works is um, what you'll be hearing is our uh, impressions of the trailer, which we watch, obviously, before the movie comes out. Um, and so we talk about, uh, you know, what we're expecting for the movie, what could happen, all that kind of stuff, our hopes, expectations. Uh, and then we come back into the studio after the film's released and we talk about um, the film itself and compare it to what our hopes were and all that kind of stuff. Um, so the first section that you'll hear, which is the trailer, uh, is spoiler-free, obviously, because we haven't seen the movie yet. Um, but the film review and film discussion is full of spoilers. We just jump straight into those, so don't listen um, unless you've seen the movie. You're a well-educated man, Coop, and a trained pilot. And an engineer. The world doesn't need any more engineers. We didn't run out of planes and television sets. We ran out of food. Dan, why did you name me after something that's bad? No, we didn't. Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law doesn't mean that something bad will happen. It means that whatever can happen will happen. So, John, we've just watched the first full-length trailer for the new Christopher Nolan film, Interstellar. Mm, we have. Uh, uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm on, like, a movie high <laughs> after watching this trailer. <laughs> I think it looks amazing. Yep. And I'm just, like, not not even going to hold back my expectations for this. <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, as You're going to get fanboy. I am, yeah, I am. I'm just letting it all out there. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan obviously has such a strong back catalogue of films. Mm. Um, Even his sort of, you know, disappointing-ish movies still have a lot to offer. I don't think he's ever been disappointing, John. Well, we've had this discussion (laughs) about Dark Knight Rises, but uh, I mean, I like that, but that's another podcast maybe. But um, I think this, this just looks like, actually bringing up Batman, this looks like a great clean slate after those films. Mm, yep. it, it, um, it feels like a Christopher Nolan film, uh, judging from the trailer, but it also kind of uh, seems to have a new visual tone to it that maybe we haven't seen as much yep, of. I totally from agree with that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just think everything in the trailer points to it being really, really impressive. The yep. casting of uh, Matthew McConaughey. like He's just on he's, a massive role at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Yep, he's just phenomenal. Uh, the whole idea, just in general, of this film uh, about people travelling out to space and uh, kind of the surreal, weird stuff happening out there, it just interests me like so much personally. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff. And, um, uh, yeah, so I think... Uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Anyway, I'm going to keep gushing, so <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it over to you, you now. <laughs> well, well I won't shut up. I'm pretty much just as excited as you, I think, John. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with every single thing you've just said. I think you're absolutely right in terms of visuals. That's one of the things that I was probably most pleasantly surprised about seeing this trailer was that um, it felt different to the Batman films. I think the three Batman films and the two he did in between, which was The Prestige and Inception, all yep. had a very similar yeah. kind of, I don't know, feel and bleakness to yeah. them. It had kind of like a blue 
wash over this the worlds of yeah. all f- how many films five films yeah um they're obviously all very different and i loved all of them but mm. uh, there's a certain visual continuity between all of them mm. that i think this is very different from has sort of more earthy reds mm. and oranges yeah yeah yellows. So, yeah that's right yeah and i think it's that it seems to be set out in the in the country as well which is sort of a new environment yeah, for Nolan. He's very urban with yeah, all the films yeah, that he's made previously. That, yeah. um, which I think is... That's exciting to me. Like it's like you said, it still feels Christopher Nolan. doesn't feel yeah. like he's stepping outside of his comfort zone, I guess, but it just feels new and, and fresh for yeah. him, which is great. Yeah, um, Yeah, I'm excited that, that it's based on actual science as well. One of my pet peeves is sci-fi films that take themselves seriously and then sort of forget the the basic laws of physics halfway through and you just have to start suspending your disbelief mm. um so i sort of got my fingers crossed that this has got its head in the right place it's all mm. grounded in reality and yeah it certainly seems to be yeah i mean obviously i want some weirdness as well but i want it to be sort of scientifically based weirdness <laughs> yeah, if that makes right. sense yeah. um which I, I guess you get a, only a tiny glimpse of it towards the end of the trailer, but hopefully mm-hmm. that's what it provides. Yeah, and that, that's another great thing about the trailer too is that it gives you a glimpse of the weird stuff. Mm. It gives you a glimpse of the storyline. I mean, you can put enough together to figure out what the story is. At least, yeah, the, bla- the basic premise of the yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, this is a full trailer and it doesn't spoil that much. Exactly. Yeah, and, that's a very good point. You know, yeah. we are... I often talk about already like how trailers are giving away too much yeah. stuff and uh, it's so refreshing to see something that gives you just enough to sort of entice you and to give you a general idea of what's what's basically happening but still leave so much unexplained yeah. and unshown. Yeah, and I think it's that's the right way to do a trailer is to hint it at enough so you know the kind of film that you're going in for, the, the very bare basics of the story and then the rest of the trailer should be about building the tone and the mood of the film to mm-hmm. make it, you, you know your expectations match what you're going to yep. see in the cinema yeah. it shouldn't be about explaining every single plot beat and character development moment it should be just all about mood and atmosphere yeah and a little bit of plot which this does perfectly yeah i think yeah perfect mix yeah I'm, I'm really really excited for this I think I think this looks like it's going to deal with warmer m- emotions than he has in the past. Yeah. I feel like. like yeah, it, no, I agree. Looking at that trailer, I expect this film to be fifty yeah. percent set in a little country town in rural America mm. about a family dealing with the fact that their father looks like a single parent family, just based on what we saw on the trailer. Yeah. Um, dealing with the fact that the father is leaving on this mission. Yeah. And then. The second half of the film, perhaps even less than that, is going to be weird sci-fi shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, actually. And I think even just watching the trailer, I feel the connection between, you know, the, the Matthew yeah. McConaughey character and his kids. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting, yeah, that to hit more in the film, uh, which is another good, refreshing thing for Christopher Nolan because he can sometimes be a little cold and distant from some of the more emotional sides of his characters. One other thing that I'm excited about is the prospect of getting an intelligent sci-fi film mm. and not not anything that's just full of action and spaceships shooting each other or, you know, big intergalactic wars that are happening. It's just a, 
a smart man's sci-fi, more of a thriller than an action film, I guess, or even a drama. You know, it doesn't mm. look like there's much thriller in there. It's no, yeah, it seems more a it's human more, drama based yeah. half in space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. I think, uh, yeah, it seems like a great mixture between the drama and then these sci-fi or scientific ideas yeah. being explored visually. Um, and yeah, I totally agree about uh, Christopher Nolan in general is really good at m- melding these like big Hollywood, huge budget films that are entertaining but also have a lot of depth uh, and thematic content to them. Mm. So we're both obviously uh, super excited for this one, John. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, I think it's exciting anytime there's a new Christopher Nolan film on the horizon. You know, he's one of those filmmakers that. Uh, reminds me why I love cinema and why I love film and, mm. and he's just has the, the right mind space that connects with me personally so, yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel exactly the same way high hopes high hopes you could say interstellar hopes <laughs> get out <laughs> the reality that nothing in our service system can help us now you need to tell me what your plan is to save the world we're not meant to save the world. We're meant to leave it. And this is the mission we were trained for. I've got kids, Professor. Get out there and save them. I have no idea when you're coming back. back in our lovely little studio mm-hmm. and uh, the time has come to talk about <laughs> the new Christopher Nolan film which is always sort of a big release yeah, uh, a amongst big film buffs because yep. uh, he he manages most of the time to cross this sort of art and commercial worlds quite well mm-hmm. and so it always feels like a, a big deal and uh, his latest film is Interstellar, obviously, Matt. And um, I'm just going to ask you straight up. <laughs> straight up. Uh, what, what are your sort of overall impressions? Um, I still kind of don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I have a, a very conflicted relationship with this film. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some, some stuff I love, like love, love, mm. love. It's kind mm. of my perfect sci-fi film in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of the stuff, the the family drama, drama and even the slightly sentimental stuff really worked for me. Um, but there's some big, big problems that almost completely derailed the film for me. Um, okay. That, yeah, just didn't work for me at all. Um, there, there was some hokey stuff at the beginning that didn't quite work for me. Um, even, even towards the end, I've seen the film twice now, mm. um, which... Part of my reason for seeing it for a second time is because that I was struggling with it and I couldn't come down on exactly mm. what I thought of it and how much worked and how much didn't. And it was actually a really good experience watching it again. 
because um, it sort of made me... Did it clarify a lot? Yeah, it did, you? actually. Because um, there was a bit more of an emotional distance from it and just looking at the structure and how things were sort of put together really mm. highlighted the things that worked well and the things that worked well really do work well and hold yeah. up, but it also highlighted the stuff that didn't work well for me and it gave me a bit more to sort of latch onto and understand as to why it didn't work um, all that well for me. But, I mean, overall, I think it's a really good film and mm. um, I enjoyed most of it, but I think it's a flawed, really good film. <laughs> um, okay. What about you, John? How did you feel about it? Um, I I guess I feel a similar to you, mm-hmm. um, but perhaps more positive. Mm-hmm. I came out of the film just feeling bewildered and a, a bit lost. Way? I think in a good way. Yeah. Well, yeah, in a good way. Yeah. Okay. Um, I admire the ambition yeah, and sure. the scope and the artistry of, of this film and the fact that Christopher Nolan has made this like $150 million science movie mm-hmm. basically i mean you know it stretches certain things but overall compared yeah. to you know a marvel film or whatever um you know or the other hollywood fair that's coming out like this is head and shoulders above those in terms of intellectual stuff yeah i mean even in terms of something like gravity i think like this feels like it's got a more Absolutely. scientific weight to it i it mean does, that felt yeah. like it had a certain realism but even yeah. that towards the end sort of threw that out the window and it exactly. got very hollywoody whereas yeah. this seems like this is kind of the definition of hard science in all yeah, ways. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I hugely respect that. Um, you know, the the just the the balls I guess it takes to to throw this out there to mm. a mainstream audience and expect them to uh, it's all, great, to it? all come and watch. And he's gone on record many times in saying that he he does not at all believe in treating the audience like idiots, and he thinks that they're a lot smarter than than you know other Hollywood execs might give them credit for. But I think also there are problems with the science of the movie. And I don't mean from a scientific point of view, but I mean there is a lot of characters sitting around talking about science, man, and, like, (laughs) explaining things to the, you know, finite detail. Mm. Um, And after a little while, it gets a little tiresome, some of that stuff, in in the middle of the film. That's I mean, I don't, I don't want to delve in too much yet because we'll, we'll sort of get to that. But, yeah. but that was one of my problems whilst watching was it's like, interesting this like the, feels like exposition and explanation too mm, much to me. The first time I saw the film, I kind of didn't feel that. Okay. There were certain scenes that um, the logic kind of jumped out to me. And this is jumping around a bit as well, I suppose. But there was a scene where um, one of the astronauts explains to Cooper how the, the black hole... Or the wormhole works by drawing on a bit of paper and folding it. Yeah. One that's straightly ripped out of Event Horizon. If you've ever seen Event Horizon, no. that's the exact way that they I haven't. Just but I've seen a lot of um, astrophysicists do use yeah, that example. Yeah, it's like a common way of yeah. showing how it works. But to me, that was a like went off in my mind as why would Matthew McConaughey not know yes, that? Actually, I thought the as same an thing astronaut NASA. that's yeah. trained with NASA his entire life. Like, yes, yeah. it was exposition that our audience probably had to know, but that in particular really stood out as like exposition mm. for the audience that yeah. didn't make narrative or character sense. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, and like you, I'm still deciding. You know, yeah. it was. It's only been two or three days since yeah. I saw it it's as quite well. Fresh for me. And as well, so, yeah. yeah, it's definitely the sort of film that takes a while to settle on you because it is so big and so ambitious and it's got 
it's packed, absolutely packed with so much uh, content, for lack of a better word, that you can chew on, like somatic stuff, character stuff, uh, sciencey stuff, like filmmaking stuff. Mm. It's all in there, and I give it top top props for that. And yeah. I, I really like it. Like I, I really really like it. Yeah. I just don't know whether I can say I love it yet. I'm in the same boat as you. Um, even though I sort of maybe want to because of the chances that it takes. Um, but like you said, there are problems and a lot of that is some of the writing in terms of how characters just interact and the, the emotional relationships they yeah. have. Um, you know, having said that, it, I, I think this is one of his most uh, human or humane movies, I guess. You know, that there's a lot of focus on uh, character relationships and love as a theme, you know, which... Isn't you do not associate with him, and I think we talked about in the trailer yeah. expectations as well. I actually think that works for the most part. Yeah, I agree, and, um, and I would not have thought that with him. No, you know? yeah, uh, it's surprising. And before going into the film, having read some of the early buzz, um, I was a little concerned that that's where the problems were going to be because there was mm. kind of this consensus that it might might be a little bit too sentimental. So when it when it first kicked in, and I was I was actually really impressed, and I was totally swept up at the beginning um i was overwhelmed i saw this in imax so that may have had something to do with it but also just the fact that it was shot on film and you can see that absolutely instantly when that having that cinematic film look overwhelmed me and there's the the part of the start where the the truck sort of they drive the truck off into the cornfield to chase that drone and the music the score kicks in and i actually i got emotional like I was yeah. so swept up in this film and it was it kind of felt Spielbergian and it was this magical yeah. wondrous moment and I just had this like outpouring of love for cinema in yeah, general I and understand exactly what you mean I was like at that moment I was like I'm in fucking love with this film I don't know why <laughs> yeah. anyone could criticize this this is going to be like my film of the year yeah um but then the ghost dad shit starts to happen and that Mm. To start was warning bells for me, and mm. I kind of tried to push it aside and think, you know, they're not going to make much of this. But I mean, I guess at least for me, I picked that straight away that that was going to end up being a time paradox. Okay, and it was going to be because well, to me, it was it's a hard science based film, and you bring yeah. up ghosts straight away. It's yeah. like it's not well, ghosts. It's, I, it has to have a scientific yeah. explanation, right? Yeah, yeah and. Yeah. I didn't think it was a ghost either, but um, I I thought the film might be open to like Aliens. alien life or something. Um, but at the same time, when when he gets to NASA and it's like it it they led you here specifically, mm. and it starts to get a bit mystical. That that was like Ugh, yeah, this, right. This doesn't quite fit. Yeah. What's going on here? But you know, the movie corrects itself by the end, really, because of that. You know, it's. It's not a ghost, and there there is a reasonably theoretical, scientific mm, kind of. I still do have problems it. with that, even the quote unquote theory. Anyway, we can discuss that when we get to yeah, the yeah. ending in more detail. But um, yeah, like that that sort of weird supernaturally angle at the beginning did didn't sit right with me. Kind of like exactly what you said, and even just in a narrative or character sense within the film, I don't think it felt right. Like mm. if that was happening, if this 
scientist, NASA scientist, yeah. Cooper, this saw these weird phenomenons in his house that then gave him coordinates to somewhere, he'd be a little bit more freaked out. Yeah, or, I agree. The, the reaction is very strange yeah, to it. And like, if you rocked up at NASA and were like, I just got some coordinates off some magical gravity waves in my yeah. daughter's bedroom, don't you think they'd be like, shit the bed, get the whole fucking research team down there. Yeah, what the right. hell's going on? Someone's yeah. found out our super secret base. Like, yeah. And then there was this weird dialogue about uh, where Michael Caine's like, yeah, you were chosen. Yeah, that's and, right, yeah. And that, then there's that, the, one of the worst lines in the film where he's like, you're the best pilot we ever had. And yeah. I was just like, ugh. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that whole little section there is where yeah. where it really stood out, like some of the clunkiness of, yeah. of the story. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, Matthew McConaughey is sitting around the table um, and they're all like, don't you get it? Don't you know who we are? We're NASA. And like, firstly, no, how would he know that? Don't <laughs> treat him like an idiot for yeah. that. And then Michael Caine stands up and presses a button and the wall just like moves <laughs> away and there's a spaceship there and they just walk off. And it's like, it, that is such a movie, you know, silly yeah. moment where, yeah. which would never happen in real life. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, I think after that it sort of settles again. And Yeah. And, um, and this is, it's being a bit nitpicky and like, yeah. while, especially for the first time, this stood out a lot more for me in the second viewing, mm. but in the first time I was still quite swept up in it and I was Allowing a lot of this like to where's just slide. the mystery going? Yeah, and you, yeah, you're so like caught up in this wonder, and even if it is a bit hokey, you're mm. so interested in where it's going that you yeah. let it go. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, subsequent viewings, I think, is where that's really going to stand out. One thing I really loved actually was the uh, the fact that they skip any sort of training montage or anything. Mm. Like it just cuts directly from him leaving the daughter, yeah. Merv. Yeah, and there's sort of this audio of the spaceship countdown as mm. he drives the truck off through the cornfields or mm. whatever, mm-hmm. um, and then it just like cuts directly to the launch of the yeah of the spaceship. Like, I found that scene really emotionally affecting. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, same. I, I think that yeah, that was a great scene with the uh, score swelling, mm-hmm. and, and you know, as a side note, the score is really really good. In Actually, this movie. yeah, I love the I, score of this. Yeah, movie. it's fantastic. It's like Hans Zimmer is always on his A grade when he works with Christopher Nolan like they really bring out the best in each other yeah I've never understood the criticisms people have of the score being too overwhelming in Nolan films no I mean it's always very present but it works I think you know and that's that seems more like a choice than a than a crutch or something that he's leaning on actually how did you uh, feel about the robots Uh, I I thought they were fucking cool actually yeah (laughs) yeah well, I, I, I remember I had read in some sort of thing that there was right. a robot, but I'd, but I'd forgotten. And okay. then, then when it came back, I was like, holy shit, there's robots in this movie. That's right. Um, and the design of it was so cool. Like, I, I've never seen anything like that. Like, mm. like it, the fact that it could, I mean, it, it looks like this slab, but then it can, like, you know, sort of come apart and walk around and, and all that sort of stuff. I thought it was great. And the personality in it was Yeah, that, that's what really well. stuck out for me as well, that they were funny. And that's yeah. the other thing. People often criticise Nolan for not having a sense of humour, but there was yeah. a lot of laughs in this film. Yeah, there was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, in terms of the robots, to begin with, when it was first introduced at that table and it kind of like leans at him, the, yeah. that I was instantly put off and I was like, oh, that's like, I almost wanted to laugh. Like it just yeah. seemed so silly yeah. and like this big, yeah, Clunky metal thing. slab yeah. thing. And even to an extent throughout the film when they kind of do their slow 
clunky walk. It seems so impractical and mm. like such a waste of power to have them kind of wobble around like that because it mm. didn't seem like they ever had any stability. But then there's that moment on the uh, water planet where oh, yeah. <laughs> where uh, Anne Hathaway's character gets stranded and it has to quickly get to her and it yeah. kind of splits apart and does this yeah. kind of like cartwheeling yeah. move and races towards her. I loved her. that and moment as, so much. As soon as that is revealed that it has all these other functions and yeah. faster, more efficient ways to move, I Yeah, it was I just being lazy before. Them. Yeah, totally. It was <laughs> kind of like pre- uh, preserving its power, you know, battery yeah. power. and Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Clomping around in an awkward fashion. Yeah. Uh, I love that moment since we're talking about it now. That that whole sequence on the water planet, I was just oh, in like cinematic ecstasy because it was it just worked as this concise, self-enclosed kind of yep. sequence as soon as they land on the planet um, and things aren't as they seem and the, the tension building and, you know, oh, they're mountains. No, it's a tidal wave. And just that concept is just, for me personally, something that is chilling and exciting. Mm. And um, when when the uh, TARS, the robot, started cartwheeling to save yeah, her, yeah. I was just like, I, I haven't really seen anything like this for no. such a long time. Like this, the originality of, the, of seeing this weird... Um, you know, rectangular object like cartwheeling through this ocean that has this giant tidal wave in the background, and it was just like I I appreciate that so That's much. That's so true, and it's filmed in such a with such realism as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, like the, there's those um, aerial helicopter shots, which I yeah. swear like a real ocean. You yeah, know, I they don't must know how be. they accomplished that. Yeah, exactly. Comp them in yeah. digitally or something, but it just it has this sense of realism, absolutely and tactileness to it, which again just helps with the sense of danger and everything but i totally agree i think that planet mm. and i would encapsulate from before they go down to yeah. when they get back yeah with the explanations in terms of gravity the and the time, time shift oh, yeah. is the best thing in that film yeah like it's, absolutely it perfectly sets up the rules mm-hmm. for that planet you understand them you know what's at stake and what they're trying to do and the the tension while they're on it is relentless it's yeah. incredible um and then that moment when they get back oh and the doors open like after yeah. they've just lost a colleague yeah. it's all turned to shit yeah and that you realize they've been away for 23 years and yeah. just that line it's like it's i know yeah chills it, you to the yeah, core absolutely absolutely and the look on his face um because he must have the other crew member who yeah. i can't remember his name no, um had been like obviously waiting for them for 23 years and you can yeah. just imagine how close to insanity he must have been yeah exactly and then after that you get the video message that video messages oh. for 23 years yeah and we were talking about it in grave of the fireflies about crying in a film i had tears streaming down my face <laughs> like literally just yeah. pouring yeah it was that was such a well-constructed oh. scene like it, it was beautiful yeah um yeah, I, I I teared up a bit, but yeah, I I wasn't welling like like you obviously it was were. A but mess it, in... it was just fantastic filmmaking and yeah. storytelling at that point. Yeah, I like think that, that that little yeah, as you say that that kind of section of the film is just Christopher Nolan on his A game. Yeah, that's the high point of the film for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how did you feel? It seems we're sort of into the space section now. How mm. did you feel about the the other planet that went to the ice planet? Um, I thought with that Matt was... Damon, who was a surprise. Yeah, yeah, he pops out of his little <laughs> little water <bed>. bag, <laughs> ba- bag, water bed. Um, yeah, th- that was a welcome, you know, little surprise. Yeah. I think, you know, it took me out for a second because it's like because it was Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. 
but he's such a good actor that he fell back into the role. And actually, he immediately begins sobbing and crying. And then that was a great that, way to introduce him, or a great reaction to that moment. Yeah, I think. absolutely. So understandable. Yeah. And then, you know, then the next scene, he's like, I hope you never have to, you know, experience that emotion just at seeing a hu- another human mm. face. It was fantastic. Um, the planet as a whole, I thought was really cool. The design of sort of the clouds uh, being frozen mm. and almost creating this like mirrored uh, landscape where the there is no sky. There's just a horizon on the distance and mountains above and below. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, it, the, you, we spend a bit of time there, but I, th- I think it's necessary for the mini sort of film we get there of mm. this mini arc where of, of Matt Damon, who's like lying to them and saying that he, this planet is, you know. Yeah, because he's built up as the best of mankind or the right. greatest of all kind of explorers because he was the one that pioneered this mission and convinced all these people to go on this potential suicide run to these planets. So he's, before you meet him, or I mean, I suppose until you it's revealed that he's gone a bit loopy mm. he's sort of considered this amazing guy that's so right I, I guess you're right like you need a bit of time on this planet for him to have this little arc exactly that's right yeah I couldn't have said it better <laughs> <laughs> thanks Matt um, uh, and I started to get hopeful for them like for the mission that that they'd it, found a planet they'd found a planet mm. and even though it looked you know bit shit bit <laughs> shit and freezing cold he's like down near the surface is a bit different like mm. down near the water level or the surface or whatever he meant by that um, and then I also thought his turn was really uh, unexpected I didn't see it coming and also totally understandable like it was a great another uh, sci-fi notch in you know Christopher Nolan's belt for this movie he touches upon so many like different philosophical questions and, yeah. and things in sci-fi However, um, and this goes back to the problem that we're talking about with character dialogue and interactions being weird, this little speech that he gives to Matthew McConaughey after he's, like, smashed his helmet... And left him to die, yeah. ...is just so, like, talking about the themes behind him. spewing out, yeah. And he's not acting like a real person, and he's like... I can't watch this. I thought I could watch you die, but I can't. Yeah. You know, because I'm a coward, basically. Yeah. And um, it his character became unrealistic. I guess you can kind of argue, there. I suppose, that it is because he was crazy. Like, yeah, he didn't act quite normal because yeah, he that's lost true. his mind. And he was think, he probably had been talking out loud for many years yeah. to himself or to the robot. So mm. I, no, I, I, I can buy that. It does doesn't feel 100 percent right though. Yeah, yeah, he um, was talking very much to the the themes of that moment rather than just a human yeah it did also stand out to me as very um sunshine-esque yeah yeah um that's immediately what came to mind when i saw it was Mm. the danny boyle film sunshine which i love Mm. um but you know having said that and the fact that it didn't quite feel you know all that original and it didn't sort of feel natural in terms of dialogue i did like you said like the thematic stuff that was going on like mm. um i like that you have the duality of those two planets and there's the one that's them versus sort of nature and they almost get defeated by nature then you get the mm. second planet where it's them versus humanity yeah and they're almost defeated by themselves or mankind yeah. and I, I think it's almost worth having that like clunky dialogue and yeah you know, i agree a little bit I of cliche just so you can explore or i mean obviously there probably would have been better ways you could do it if you're 
nitpicky, but you know, yeah. I'm happy with it because there's rich stuff underneath. That yeah, you can totally. Read into it all. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the sort of going chronologically, the next big thing I suppose is the old, the old trip down the black hole. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. I think. Um, oh, well, I suppose it's the escape from the I've, ice planet. Escape from the ice planet. Which, uh, which was a very cool scene, I thought. I actually loved that scene. And yeah. watching it again on the second time, that's one of the things that really, really held up. Um, just the tension that they're able to create. And uh, again, just kind of like, it's really, the film is really good in these kind of tense moments in explaining its logic and you understand mm. exactly what's at stake and what's happening and what they have to mm. do yeah. without it feeling too exposition-y like, some of the earlier parts in the film. Yeah. Like, you understand he has to rotate his craft yeah, to, to match, match the speed. Things. And it's all kind of done visually in clever yeah. little ways, and it, yeah. yeah, it's a great sequence. That's a really well-put-together sequence, that one. Actually, leading up to that, though, um, speaking of criticisms, is that I felt that Dr. Mann, when he goes, like, after he tries to kill Coop, yeah. and he flies back and tries to dock with the with the space station and kind of doesn't dock correctly but still mm. tries to get in mm. that was another one of those character moments that I just didn't believe like mm. if he was meant to be this genius yeah that was a very dumb thing for him to like do. surely he knows if you haven't sealed an airlock don't yeah. open the fucking doors because yeah, exactly. you're going to die yeah that's like, right why would they need to tell him that and why would he even attempt to do that like, that's right yeah. uh, that sort of pulled me out a little yeah, bit yeah I did I think that, that as well um, the couple of bigger criticisms I have of moments uh, around this section of the film where the ice planet is. Um, before they make the decision to go to the ice planet um, instead of seeing uh, Oh, that's right. Anne Sorry, we skipped the big important scene. Yeah, this is a yeah. big character scene where um, they're deciding, well, we've only got enough fuel to, to go to one more planet. Yeah. We can't go to both. Um, and Anne Hathaway's boyfriend which know. actually that's one of the problems I have with the film sorry to jump in here yeah. what the fuck like yeah, that that's, was that's not exactly what I was leading all. to yeah <laughs> I was just like huh <laughs> yeah, yeah right and all of a sudden Matthew McConaughey is like she can't make a right decision she's in love with this guy <laughs> yeah. and and she's like yes I am and she goes on this big speech about love and you know oh. it transcends time and all this stuff and it just felt like you. this hasn't been set up <laughs> is there one line I think earlier he asks, where he uh, asks Tars, Tars the computer, yeah, that's what whether I thought they it was had then. a relationship, but Tars never confirms nor denies. It's kind of yeah, just like... Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. and it's not even anything. Anything. Yeah. It's so insignificant. He just asks if they had any like previous connection or a previous existing relationship. That's it. Exactly, yeah. And, and at that point in the film, too, it feels like it's because he's kind of interested in her and he's like... You know, yeah, because she, she had not? never done anything that would suggest that the, her like scientific um, planning skills had been compromised or anything. That's right. That she was wasn't basing things on science. Instead, she was basing them on feelings. She had done yeah. nothing that was sketchy. Exactly. It was just kind of like, oh, is you know, is she taken? Yeah. And then that was it. Yeah. And then all right. of a sudden, we get him like blasting her, saying that she can't make a correct decision. Yeah. Because she's clouded by love, and you're like, yeah. what the. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, that was really out of nowhere and, and took me out and I felt like just quite an obvious flaw that they, they, they could have fixed with a, a little bit more setup early on or something. Well, yeah, that was one. And then uh, uh, soon after, I suppose, when when uh, they're on the ice planet, you get this twist that uh, Michael Caine sent them out there. Oh, on a suicide. Oh, on a suicide. You know, with no intention was, of them yeah. actually coming back. Yeah. 
which I felt was really unnecessary con- considering how much plot and how much stuff we're explaining in the movie already and ultimately doesn't change too much except for a f- you know a 10 minute sequence where they're all getting emotional because that's a really good point they can't see their loved ones again and maybe maybe that's the final straw for for Cooper Matthew McConaughey's character to to actually try and go mm. back home I don't know but I just it felt like an unnecessary twist. That's true. I guess it could have even just been the fact that they weren't able to solve the equation. Like, it didn't need to be this big conspiracy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then, um, you know, you, you still get to that ending, which is yeah. the same where they do solve it eventually. Yeah. Like, and nothing really changes anyway in, if you take that out. Yeah, that's a so, really good point. Um, yeah, I, I just felt like that that was a bit... Just an extra ...dramatic for the sake of it. For, yeah, yeah on and on a film that's already reason. struggling in some ways to hold everything together yeah um just to jump back to the Anne Hathaway scene um Mm. that is probably my least favorite moment in the entire film when she starts harping on about love like as soon as she started that monologue Mm. I was trying not to vomit on myself like the the, (laughs) the, the, like what did she say literally she's like Love. What love is quantifiable, something about love being quantifiable, and love is the only thing that can transcend space and time. And yeah. I was just like, get the fuck out of this movie. Like, <laughs> what is this doing in a hard science well, Christopher I Nolan think, movie? I think uh, the movie could earn that that monologue if if other things had been set up. But if it, did, but even then, that's not a movie I want to see. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I think, I think. The, like the, there's there are moments in this movie like you, you said yourself you're crying your eyes out in the the um you know the scene where Matthew McConaughey is watching his his children grow up through the videos and stuff that kind of stuff could lead to this sort of I think m- so monologue. I see what you're saying but I think I think that hints at it in a way that doesn't try and make it scientific like, yeah. do you know what I mean like the fact right. that you're saying love is the thing that can transcend space time it's like yeah. you're putting it in an equation on a yeah, on a whiteboard like love equals you yeah know, seriously that's yeah, what it I, feels I like especially saying. in a in a sciencey film i think i know what you're saying in terms of the thematic through line which i think i agree is fine and they could have accomplished in a much i don't know more subtle way than yeah. having someone lecture me about yeah. love being the most powerful scientific thing that humans have do you know what I mean like yeah I understand that like he he was so worried about the hard science that he he tried to shoehorn love as a feeling into into science science. yeah Yeah. which I don't like they should never be together in that sense like I can't I'm not saying you can't deal with that sort of thematic stuff yeah. in a science fiction yeah. film. In fact that they kind of go together in a weird way like they do and even and 2001 or Tree of Life or th- films like that yeah do it well they mesh the two yeah but they don't mesh them like that yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean they don't and try and put them on the same the climax uh, of the film in, in the four or five dimension yeah. time thing um, it is a visual representation anyway of, of what she's saying so you, you kind of get that anyway where he his love for his family and his human humanity is you know, he's able to physically, uh, you know, beat on this which is the other time the construction that thing. I hated. <laughs> I wouldn't say I hated it. I don't, I don't know if you hated it. Did you really hate it? Well, I mean, I guess hate is a strong word, but it did. <laughs> it, like, it really did pull me out of the film, and I was rolling my eyes and just. I really like that mo- that, no, that scene. Oh. Maybe I guess it's like <laughs> a personal taste thing, but yeah, I it it totally took me out. I just felt 
I was thinking about this the other night um, after I saw it for a second time as mm. to why I have such a strong reaction. I think it is exactly that in terms of putting love into a scientific framework, mm. um, which I just but 100% don't it's not, it's not don't specifically buy. love in that moment. That, but no, but that it is. is. That is moving things. Like, but if, he, you, if you're being scientific about it, it's just future versions of us allowing him to interfere with like time space a bit right mm, i mean i think that's that's the outlying concept around that but it, the actual dialogue in that scene matthew mcconaughey talks about how they can't find a specific moment in time and mm. he literally says love is quantifiable this is why i'm able to communicate with like right. literally that's literally spoken in the film yeah that the reason that they are able to communicate one with one another is love mm. which i mean i uh, on a second viewing i didn't Hate it as much as I did in the first film, the first viewing, um, but I still think even even if you ignore the that love stuff, yeah, I think I just have a natural sort of aversion to such grand science theory things funneling mm. down into such a specific like plot contrivance. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like that the film is all about all these grand philosophical things and ideas and it, it's mm. you know he goes into this black hole and no one knows what what's going to happen yeah um i just think like a film that's dealing with this kind of stuff deserves a a more i don't know symbolic or you know open to interpretation kind of mm. ending or not ending but explanation for what happens in a in a black hole instead of like funneling it down into like a M. Night Shyamalan style twist. Do you know what I mean? Like it just yeah, felt... Yeah, I do understand. And it the, it does feel M. Night-ish. Yeah. But I, I was reminded of Signs actually. Yeah, so was I. When watching this. But, and, and this might be again like the, a thing between us personally, but I really like Signs. I think Signs is like one of my favourite movies. And I can... And some people just can't get over like some of the plot holes and some of the silliness of the of the last act in that movie, but it just works for me. Like, and I think this is a a similar thing where the the thematic stuff is enough to overcome some of the plot and logic things there that don't quite add up altogether. I well, I I agree to an extent. I suppose like I like signs as well, but I think that. That earns that because it's about a family and it's about yeah, that. True. You know what true. I mean? This isn't about. Yeah. I mean, it's a part of it, of course, but yeah. I don't know. It just it just never sat with me. It felt like that was a really uh, unsatisfying conclusion to that whole mystical thing that we seem to be building towards, and then it was. Well, I think it. it you know, the, yeah, it's the most kind of scientific way they could have answered that question and it, it seems like in maybe the ghost question yeah maybe you would just prefer have, if it wasn't there the, yeah yeah We'd take it all out fair enough but <laughs> i think it you know it is there and so this is like the best way to handle it <laughs> you I know guess, but yeah i mean i guess so and i and i do like that and it wasn't really like it's time travel but it's not just that it's kind of this dimensional thing where time yeah. is like, and I like everywhere at once and I like yeah I like the I actually quite I'm, like some of the weird visual shit the visual stuff on, was like, great the, the stretchy light yeah. patterns yeah um, and I did I like the idea of him passing it back like to a future version of himself yeah and I don't know I'm assuming this is correct quantum physics that gravity is the one thing that can 
you know, transcend time and space, which is why he's able to communicate. But, like, having said that, the other thing that annoyed me was that that was kind of the rules that were set up, that it was gravity. But even this scene, it got a bit, like, loosey It did get a bit loose, He's, like, banging on books that are falling out. I mean, I guess you could kind of argue that's gravity, but it pretty visually tells you that he's punching them out. Like, he's he's interacting. And then, the I mean, he does the gravity thing, which is fine with the sand. Yeah. But then in order to communicate the the actual thing, he physically changes the watch. Yeah. I mean, I guess that, again, like... I kind of can appreciate that the metaphor of that that he's using yeah. time. Yeah. In quote, I'm doing air quotes because yeah. it's a watch. You know, yeah, what I mean? it's yeah, kind of yeah. cutesy, but yeah. in terms of the rules, mm. like watches don't move because gravity. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, the rules did come apart a little bit there. I agree, and because each, almost each signal was like of a different kind as well. Mm. One's binary. One's Morse code. Yeah. One is this gravity of the books falling. One mm. is almost like. Yeah, he's manipulating time back and forth on the watch. Like, there there wasn't a, a great deal of consistency yeah. to the messages, the way they were being sent through. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I think a combination of that and, like I said, funneling these grand themes down into a plot twist. I guess maybe it, it hurt as well that I'd picked it from the beginning that it was going to be him. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So there was no yeah. surprise in it for me, and yeah. it was just it boiled down to this sort of soppy thesis that love is the most important thing so let's punch out some books and move a watch do you know what I mean like that was a real <sighs> oh, I feel okay, like okay, a bit cynical but there. do you know what I mean like how that could be disappointing in terms <laughs> of, of the course, grand stuff I totally that understand. came before it yeah I, yeah. I totally understand where yeah. you're coming from that's but all I'm trying to say it, it uh, worked for me um, I don't know I feel like I'm the dumb one for liking <laughs> it <laughs> but um, yeah it really did and I think uh, you know because of the themes and also like Matthew McConaughey's performance mm. there is just like heartbreaking, you know. This there's this weird moment where he he first realizes where he is and the camera kind of pulls back and you see him like leaning against this wall and he's just it's not even sobbing, it's just like this guttural primal kind of like moan that he lets mm. out because it's like what is going on? Where am I? And how can I see this past version of myself? I think you know, all that stuff just pulled mm. me in and was an, just enough to keep me there without getting yeah, too, that's, uh, you know, um, enough, annoyed at some of the inconsistencies. Anyway, we're getting a bit sidetracked here. We should yeah. talk about the final, the third act. Well, it's not even the third act. It's the yeah. last, like, five, ten minutes of the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, where he, he's found near Saturn inexplicably yeah. Yeah. Um, and rescued. All this it's, this little end just seemed very rushed. Like, it, yeah. it went by so quickly. Suddenly he was rescued... Um, I did find it a little weird that they take him to the his house, which they've rebuilt, which is like yeah. a museum, yeah. and then he just lives there, like yeah, it was a yeah. bit, like empty. Yeah, that and, felt kind of weird. Yeah, it's just and like they move the railing, like the little yeah. guard where you know visitors can't look, and he just goes yeah. in there and then starts having a beer and sit yeah, on the exactly. Porch. Yeah, that that felt a bit strange, <laughs> and like why would he just his reaction in all of this was like. I know he's a scientist and he can keep his cool, but why the fuck isn't he freaking out? And wouldn't he go into that house and just, like, kind of shit his pants and start crying? You know, like... Yeah, that's very true. And have some kind of brain melt because it's like, oh, I'm on a ship, but this is my house. <laughs> Which, But actually, that brings me to the, like, the final scenes of the film when he... Uh 
finally gets to see Merv, his daughter. Oh man, such a yeah. You like go. when when he walks in, it's such a like he spent the past three hours trying to get back to her, and that this their relationship's kind of what has held this film together. Yeah, including all the stuff that I didn't quite like, but you know this that's been the kind of the backbone, yeah. or he wanted it to be the backbone, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's this really big emotional moment where he finally sees her and she's kind of like dying on the bed. But then I'm laughing because it's just so weirdly handled. Yeah, and she really weirdly like handled. sits down and he, she's basically she's like, like, piss no, off. Yeah, no, no parent has to see the kids die. Get yeah, out. Yeah. Like, and he's like, all right. And just leaves. And I I'm know. Like, what the fuck? Not only that, but he's got like all his extended family around yeah. him. Yeah. You know, yeah. that he hasn't even known existed. Yeah. Like, all these grandkids and great-grandkids, maybe even right. great-great-grandkids. Like, there's loads of generations. Exactly. They don't even fucking look at him. Yeah, even though no he's one like says this, anything. This, like, fucking space hero that's been gone for over 100 years. That that's everyone, right. You know, there's must... a whole museum dedicated to. <laughs> yeah. No one even says, like, blinks an eyelid that he's just walked in. Yeah, I found... I, uh, it was just such a missed <laughs> opportunity. Because yeah, I know. when he first walks in and you see her as an old woman, it's, it's so I emotional. felt it welling yeah, up in me. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to cry. This is going to be really sad and then the exchange is so weird it's just bizarre you know there's two good lines where he, where it's like I knew you'd come back or yeah. you know and I'm my here. dad promised me or whatever it was yeah, yeah and I was like oh man here we go but then yeah she's like get out and and you're right and like all those people just kind of back off yeah, and disappear yeah. from the room I guess and it's so strange that that feels like you know Christopher Nolan this the cold distant Mr. Thematic has just taken over there <laughs> and he's forgotten that he's trying to inject a bit more heart into this movie or something because it just doesn't work and <laughs> no. I really wanted it to because no, it could have yeah. it could have saved a lot of the coincidence and some of the cheesiness of the end. Yeah, I, I agree. So I don't think like having him survive because it didn't sort of feel logically sound or at least plausible. Yeah. Um, I think if it had a huge payoff it would have earned that yeah but I agree. having this rushed little weird exchange and then yeah and, and then she gives him a new like philosophy and outlook again it's like you have to go to Anne Hathaway because yeah. she needs you and he's he just like and you get shots of Anne Hathaway burying her you know boyfriend or yeah. whatever and breathing the air so like that's the planet they're gonna go to yeah but um yeah it just felt felt very strange yeah it was an odd way to end and then mm. I guess it, I think it ends that's, on her monologue right like talking about how yeah. she's setting up the new world for us that's right and yeah. then he goes and gets in his little spacecraft and yeah. you never even see him leave the cleaner comes or you know the yeah. guy comes in the next day to inspect the Notices spacecraft and one's gone gone yeah it, it, it ends with Anne Hathaway right looking out over the distance or something yeah I think the camera pulls around you see her kind of little base that yeah. she's set up like that's a couple right, of tents yeah. and some yeah. lights and stuff yeah Going back to the fact that it was shot on film, but also like the practicality of everything mm. I loved. Yeah. There's shots, especially not so much in the beginning, even that, though you can totally tell that was filmed on cellulite, it looks fucking beautiful. Mm. But the space stuff in particular, there's certain shots with the helmets and the reflections where yeah. it just looks like a 70s sci-fi film, like yeah. legitimately. And I mean, yeah. that is the highest compliment I can give a film like this. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah, I know what you and mean. And it just... If there's something about it that just feels so real and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel sh- like CGI and like not at shiny. All. Yeah, and I even loved how they have like the doors in the space station or the spaceships they have when they open, they don't make some like sh- or like yeah, yeah, like weird sci-fi sound. They literally don't really make any noises apart yeah. from like a sort of dull metallic crank where yeah. they're actually opening them like mm. oh it was so refreshing and yeah i loved all that yeah i i totally agree and christopher nolan is 
always been so good in his use of CGI and, and that sort of thing and practical sets and yeah. like because he's so good I can't tell how much of this you know aside from some obvious wide shots maybe was CG and what was mm. practical it feels practical and yeah. I think that's the thing like you were saying like it feels like they built this giant set for the spaceship um, and yep. when they're on the ocean planet they're f- they're filming in an ocean a shallow ocean at some point like and same with the ice stuff you know wherever that was filmed it feels on location and and mm-hmm. he never overuses CG at all no. like it's just Oh, it's so great and I think yeah that connects to his philosophy of using film and he's so, so passionate about that and trying to keep it alive and oh, I admire that so much I, I think I love technology and I love progress <laughs> but I, I just I'm hesitant that um, to like just forget about film you know and yeah. I, the arguments about quality do not matter to me at all and from an artistic point of view like I just don't understand how people can say oh, but digital's cleaner and clearer. And somehow that makes it better. Like, as an artistic choice, maybe. Yeah, some films are fine in digital, some films are fine in 35mm. Yeah, Yeah, it's just um, that we could do a whole podcast on that sort of thing. Yeah, we should get started. But yeah, yeah, you could could feel the the film in this this movie and and the tactile sense of everything. Yeah, it's so nice. It's just another great thing about it. You really... Uh, forget how much you've missed that look of film until yeah. you see it. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. That's so true. As soon as it starts, yeah. it's like, that's right. This is what yeah. real film looks yeah. like. Yeah. So over the course of this discussion, it's like a uh, microcosm of how <laughs> of how I've been feeling yeah. about the movie. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, we're going like back and forth between, I love this so much and this was annoying and didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and... I still don't can't fall on on either side. I, I mean, I guess I'm more positive yeah, overall. I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just so glad this movie exists. Yeah. And like we kind of said for Snowpiercer, like for someone to have this sort of creative vision from the first frame to the end and just not sort of um, dilute it for anyone or, or or to just to to take the chance to make something like this is amazing and I, I think that's a reason to see it and to get involved in it and talk about it and, and like delve into everything about this movie even though it has big problems it's yeah. just um, it's so cool that it exists Yeah, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing it again and, and kind of yeah picking it apart in a good way and, and like studying what, what's happened yeah I totally agree and like you said even though it doesn't work 100% of the time there's so much good stuff in there yeah and yeah it is just amazing that stuff like this is still being made and it that again it's like Snowpiercer it's like, this should be the celebrated this is the kind Absolutely. of film that we want to see more of even if it's not perfect hopefully yeah I mean there's a lot of Christopher Nolan impersonators going around now you know yeah. it's all, but it's all usually about the dark mood and That's visual right. style but yeah. you know hopefully if more of this, these films come out and they're huge successes that'll inspire studios to put more money into things that are a little bit different and yeah, a little bit I more really so. yeah original and you know, I mean, even it's great to see a big blockbuster Hollywood film that doesn't have a gun in it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There's oh, no violence. I mean, there's a fist fight, but yeah, you know but it's I mean? a thematic fight. You know, yeah, it's all exactly. about the themes. Like that's the sort of shit that you. It's so rare to see yeah. these days. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, like everyone should go out and see this film because even if yeah. you don't love it, 
it's yeah. such a fascinating fucking mess of a film like yeah, yeah. and it's, it's such an experience too oh, yeah. just just audio you, and visuals yeah. like you need to see this in a theater for the first time yeah see it on the biggest screen possible yeah cuz the, yeah there's visuals in there that you will have never experienced in a film before yeah it's, absolutely yeah um so yeah i yeah mirroring what you said not 100% sure where i sit but yeah. definitely positive on it yeah absolutely everyone should check it out yeah and you know still really excited for Christopher Nolan as a filmmaker sure am see what he does next thanks for listening to this episode of the pre-post film review Um, we'd love to hear what you guys thought about Interstellar there's obviously heaps of discussion to be had about this film Um, so please uh, send us an email at prepostfilmreview at gmail.com we're also on Facebook so you can leave us a message there or give us a like that'd be great Um, we're on Twitter as well so we'll occasionally be shooting out tweets for new episodes and bits of film news Um, so you can follow us there at prepostfr um, the most important thing, though, is iTunes. If you guys could subscribe to us Please. on iTunes, um, that would be amazing. Uh, that helps us get exposure and included on lists. It also really helps if you leave a review. Um, so if you like the show, just jump on there and give us a little little write-up and a star rating. That would be great. Um, if you don't like using iTunes, we're also on Stitcher, so you can uh, review us there and subscribe to our channel there as well. That's true. You can also... Uh continue sort of the film discussion with us on letterboxd.com you'll find the link in the show notes uh, and you can check out what uh, other movies we're seeing and uh, how we're rating them um, that we don't really talk about on the podcast so join us next episode as we're going to be talking about the new Hunger Games film Hunger Games Mockingjay part one what a mouthful it is (laughs) 